If you'll open your Bibles with me this morning to the last chapter of Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew, chapter 28. We will start reading at the first verse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you'd like to stand for the reading of the word. That'll give you a chance to change position. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran bringing his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that this word is forever settled in heaven. This word is truth. This word is life. And just as you raised Christ from the dead, you shall also quicken our mortal bodies. And that we have a hope this morning that we're not as those that have no hope. We're a, we're a people who has a living Savior, and the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us, and he's here this morning to visit with his people, to uh, open their, their hearts and their understanding, even as he did on the road to Emmaus. He will open our understanding this morning. He will give us uh, that anointing from on high that we might uh, uh, share in this uh, joyous Easter message, and we would indeed rejoice because he's alive and because he has risen and because we know in whom we believe. Lord, may let your anointing now rest upon each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. For some of you who didn't come in for Sunday school, You'll note that uh, over here on the, a table near the organ, uh, we have a, a Seda feast, and uh, it was during this last week that Jesus instituted the uh, communion as he was partaking of the Seda. 
and uh, he is the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the earth and uh, we have much to rejoice in this morning as we focus on this Easter morning we think of the cross but more than that we think of the resurrection and if Paul said over in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians, he said, if there be no resurrection, then we are of all people most miserable. Uh, if he be not risen from the dead, then we're still in our sins. But praise God, he has risen. Amen. And uh, there's no greater event in history than the event that we're celebrating this morning, the resurrection of the dead. Jesus Christ is alive. <clears throat> and as I read over at the end of each gospel, as I read over the resurrection story, I focused on this one in Matthew, and three verses jumped off the page at me concerning our attitude and our action in regards to the resurrection. The first one I found here in verse 5, in the King James it says, Fear not ye. In mine it says, Do not be afraid. There's something about death, the very thought of death, that's foreboding. There's something about it that we as human beings, we we put it in the back of our mind. We don't want to think about death. There's something distasteful about it all. A sepulcher or a graveyard is not a place most of us would like to go, even in the daylight. Let me ask you a question. When you were young, did you ever go visit a graveyard at night? Well, you know, some of us boys, we dare one another. I dare you to go walk through the graveyard alone tonight. And there's something about it that it was spooky, it was scary. And uh, I can remember how scared I was going through there. But I want you to notice that it was the end of the Sabbath day here. It was beginning to dawn. A new day was about to dawn. And I can see them now in that half dark, half daylight, that misty type of an eerie feeling as they walk in where the dead are lying, and uh, your mind begins to play tricks on you. You see things that aren't there. Uh, I'm sure if someone would have said boo, they would have started to run. I would have.
And as if that wasn't enough, I want you to get a good picture of this now. They love Jesus so much, they've got their spices together and they're going to pay respects to Jesus and they're going to they're going to wrap him in spices and so forth and and uh, they they expect to find him there and it's half daylight half dark they're in a cemetery and an earthquake comes all of a sudden things begin to rattle tombstones begin to sway maybe you've never been in an earthquake but Betty and I have we spent three and a half years in, nor in uh, northern Japan and I can still remember this one that took place that it was such a such an earthquake that it broke the base water main and uh, the telephone poles were swaying to and fro and pop cases jumping up and down and, and, and uh, it looked like the ocean waves going across the runway. Betty, being a good stateside girl, had stacked all her stuff up in the cupboards. When she got home, she found them all on the same level. But there was something so scary about it, it just gripped you. I mean, it's one thing when it's something you can fight. But when something comes that you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. When Mother Earth doesn't hold still, it really grips your heart. And I'm sure some of those people out in San Francisco will long remember the earthquake of 1989. It'll be etched into their memory. So here they are, half daylight, in a graveyard, and an earthquake. Now you'd think that would be enough to make them run. But then they saw an angel. And his countenance was like lightning. He just kind of glowed in the dark. His raiment, white as snow. And it says that in verse 4 here that the guards were in a state of shock. I can't understand why. <clears throat> they were just dumb. And if they didn't love Jesus so much, they would have probably turned and decided to go home too. But here they are, and the angel speaks to them in verse 5 and says, Fear ye not, don't be afraid. You know, there's a lot of things that we go through in life that we'd like to run and we'd like to get away from it. But you know, Jesus speaks to your heart and he says, be not afraid. I, I did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
I'm sure that many of the things that Paul went through, he was in fear of his life. He'd been beaten, he'd been stoned. And yet he said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And no matter what you got to go through, you can go through it. Jesus would say to you this morning, trust me. I'm sure that that message was spoken to the hearts of these believers. Trust me. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Isn't that some promise? The fact that Jesus Christ came forth out of that tomb as he said he was going to. Because he lives, I shall live also. Just as God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, reached down into that tomb and quickened his mortal body, he is going to quicken my mortal body. One day in the near future, Jesus is going to come on the clouds of heaven and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall raise. Oh, we're going to meet him in the air. Hallelujah. Just like it was in that valley of dry bones in Ezekiel, them old bones are going to become, start rattling and they're going to come together. And the sinews are going to come up on the bone and then there's going to come flesh upon the, uh, the sinews and they're going to get up because he's going to breathe the breath of life into them. Hallelujah. And the dead shall live again. Hallelujah. Because it's a fact. Jesus was dead. There's no doubt in my mind about it. He was dead. Some people try to tell you, oh, he was just swooning or he, he just fainted or, hey, no man ever went through what Jesus went through and lived. Hallelujah. He was dead. They stuck a spear right between his ribs and it punctured his lungs and heart and the water and the blood came out. They went and checked him out to make sure he was dead. He was dead. Then the next <clears throat> verse that hit me as I was reading this, it says, come, see, verse 6. We're invited. Go take a look. Try it out. You don't believe me? Go see for yourself. The Holy Spirit would invite you this morning to come and try it. Come and see. Because the greatest proof that Jesus Christ rose from the dead is not the fact that there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. It's the fact that he's alive in my heart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. And if you haven't got Jesus in your heart, then you don't have eternal life. And if you don't have an eternal life, you're not going to raise from the dead. But he would invite you this morning, come and see. Come and prove it. 
I invite you to try it. Hallelujah. The Lord, of the, uh, the angel of the Lord invited the women to examine that empty tomb. You know, and every religion just about has some leader, some dead leader that they point to. Mohammed or, or uh, Mark, uh, uh, Marxists or, or Lenin, Lenin's tomb. They point to a dead leader. But we point to an empty tomb. Hallelujah. You know, you could go to Jerusalem today. You could go to, to that garden, and you could go to this tomb that belonged to Joseph of Arimathea, and you would look in there, and Jesus would not be there. He's not there. Don't look for the living amongst the dead. He's alive. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Oh. Praise God. How do I know that Christ is risen? What proof have I to give? He touched my life one blessed day, and I began to live. How do I know he left the tomb that Easter long ago? I met him just this morning, and my life is all aglow. How do I know that endless life he gained that day for me? His life within is proof enough of immortality. How do I know that Christ still lives, richest blessings to impart? I know it's true because he lives and reigns within my heart. That's the greatest proof you got. And no one can, can disprove it. I know Jesus lives. I don't think he lives. I know he lives. Hallelujah. And then the third thing that struck me was in verse 10. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my, my brethren. So it didn't surprise me this morning when the Holy Spirit brought forth the message that I want you to go tell someone. It was already part of the message he'd given me. Hallelujah. You know, God speaks the same thing to all people. If it's from God, he'll confirm his word. Amen. He said, go and tell my brethren. The resurrection was the message of the early church. It wasn't come and listen to my great preacher. It wasn't come because we have the greatest fellowship. It wasn't come and see the, this great, big, beautiful church we have. It was the message of the risen Savior. And let's, let's take a look at the book of Acts. I want you to kind of go through it with me. So turn to the book of Acts. <clears throat> and first of all, starting right out in chapter 2, verse 23. 
him, Jesus, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. And here it is, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. He was, he, death could not hold him because the strength of death is sin and he was sinless. And they were proclaiming the resurrection here. Chapter 3, verse 14. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life. Here it is again. Whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. Chapter 10, verse 39. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Chapter 17 and verse 2. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and from, for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. One last verse, Acts 26, and verse 8. Paul here is before King Agrippa, and he says, why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? They preached the resurrection. They believed in the resurrection. Their hope was in the resurrection. And we're not tied to this world. We have a citizenship that's in heaven. Praise God, this is only a temporary thing. We are on our way to heaven. Amen? And problem is with the church today that, that people are so tied down with what's going on around them, so tied down with worldly things, that they don't stop to realize that this time is so short, but we'll soon be on our way to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got a message. It's a message of hope. Can you imagine Lynn, how hopeless it is I've been to some funerals where people were agnostics or atheists and they didn't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And they were miserable. But do you know what? We as Christians, it's almost like a celebration. When we went to Charlie uh, Underwood's funeral, there was something about that, wasn't there? Hallelujah. Because he knew the Lord. He gave witness that the Lord was in his heart. Amen? Hallelujah. And we need to go and we need to tell people about this message. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from death. Hallelujah. Because he lives, you shall live also. Hallelujah. What, a, what an encouraging thing that is. See, we're to, we're to evangelize. We're to take those people that we evangelize and we're to educate them or disciple them, make them disciples. And then we are to uh, edify the body of Christ by coming together as we have here today. But the problem is we get so involved with the educating and the, uh, and the edification, we forget about the evangelizing. And the whole purpose was that he had chose people to be witnesses unto him. Both in Jerusalem and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what it says. Now, you've been chosen to be a witness. God didn't put his spirit within you so that you could just feel good, so that you could know you have eternal life, even though them are great benefits. Amen? But he saved you that you might be a witness that Jesus is alive, that Jesus saved. Let's never forget what our purpose here is. And the Holy Spirit was telling us this morning through the uh, message that we were to go and tell people. See, the real blessing is in the going. I want to tell you something. You can't wait for everyone else. It says, go ye. The Holy Spirit's talking to you this morning. Hallelujah. Now, people are going to think you're crazy. People are going to think you're, you, you've lost, uh, lost it. You're off your trolley. Your elevator don't go all the way to the third floor. You're a half bubble off plumb. You're a fanatic. But I want to tell you, Jesus is alive. And if I'm crazy, don't, don't, don't send anybody with the cure, will you? If, if, I'm, if I'm a little bit wacky, don't let anybody else help me. Because I love it. I love it. It's the greatest life that a man could live. Hallelujah. And I live in assurance that when this body quits 
and the spirit departs, I'm going to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you on this Easter morning, do you have that assurance? Hallelujah. How many has that assurance? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, if you don't have that assurance and you're here this morning, you can have it. It's for whosoever will. You don't have to wait until you're good enough. You don't have to wait until, until you get your life all straightened out. You just come just as you are. Isn't that right, Pat? Come just as you are. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a piano player out of her here yet. <laughs> you can come just as you are. The Bible says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. You see, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world for the sins of the world. And when he died on Calvary's cross, he took your sin and he took my sin. And now all you have to do is accept Jesus and live. Isn't that easy? Accept Jesus and live. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're a sinner and you don't have Jesus, you have death. The wages of sin is death. But if you accept Jesus and you allow Jesus to come into your heart and take possession of your life, then you have eternal life. It's that simple. And I, I don't want to make it hard for you. I want everyone to pray. And while everyone's praying, if there's someone here this morning who has heard the message of the resurrection... They understand that they can have Jesus in their life. They've, they've, uh, to this point, they know they don't have Jesus in their life. But they believe that what I'm telling, telling them is true and they want to accept Jesus. I'm going to ask you to just slip out of your seat and come right up here in front. Right here in front. Right, just facing me. You don't have to face the audience. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want you to know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. I want, want you to come. Everyone who's ever been saved has had to go through this. He says, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. If you'll deny me before men, then I'll deny you before my Father who is in heaven. If you want Jesus, you publicly accept Jesus. You come, and I'll pray a simple little prayer with you, and you can have Jesus take up residence in your heart, and you can know that you have eternal life. Is there anyone who wants to accept Jesus? I'm, I'm not going to delay it too long. I feel that there's, there's at least three people here this morning. The Holy Spirit has spoken to me. I believe that there's at least three people here that God is speaking to, possibly four. 
I want to be obedient to the Spirit. I want, I want to give people a chance. The worst thing that could happen is that you walk out this door and get killed. And I didn't tell you because then your blood would be on my head. I'm delivering the message to you now. Now is your opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. If you just slip right out of your seat and come right on up here and let me pray with you. Maybe this person sitting next to you and you know that uh, God has spoken to him. Maybe you'd like to encourage him a little bit and, and uh, come right up with him. Hallelujah. Makes it a lot, makes that walk a lot less hard when somebody will come with you. Hallelujah. Don't let that person go to hell just because you wouldn't bring them up here to the altar. Don't let them die the death that lasts forever. Let them have eternal life. Hallelujah. Marvin, you had to make your way to the altar here one time. I remember it not too long ago. Wouldn't you like to be of help this morning? Hallelujah. Bring her right on up here. Come on up with your mother. Hallelujah. 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 I think there's a couple more in here that God's speaking to. This is not, not, a, not a manner to... This is very serious. Hallelujah. 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 That's right. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. Just kneel right down there and we'll have a prayer. Hallelujah. I'm going to wait just a moment in case there's someone else. Uh, the Lord spoke uh, three, possibly four. We've got four here. I think there's, there's some that may have gone through this without and they really didn't make a dedication. I think there's someone here this morning that needs to rededicate their lives. If you're that person, then come right on up here. Hallelujah, God will help you. Hallelujah. 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 Maybe, maybe just reaching over and taking that person by the hand and saying, hey, I think, I think uh, God wants to speak to you. Might be just the thing or just tell him I want to go with you. Hallelujah. I know, there's, I know there's some here that need to rededicate their lives this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to pray a simple little prayer. I'm going to ask that everyone pray it with me. It says, if you'll believe in your heart that Christ is raised from the dead,
You'll confess him before men. That's what we need to do. We need to ask Jesus to come into our heart. So we're going we're gonna to pray a simple little prayer of faith. And I want you to, to, to vocalize the words with me, all right? Everyone's going to be saying it with me, but especially those that have come up here to give their life to Jesus. I want you to say this prayer. Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I know that he died in my place, that I might have eternal life. And I am asking him to come into my heart and into my life that I might have eternal life. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you believed it, then you're born again. Jesus will come into your heart. You are a child of God. You just need to confess that. You need to tell someone today, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. First thing you do is when you go home or uh, go out, tell a friend or, or tell, tell, tell a mother or a brother or sister, someone, I just gave my life to Jesus. Because that confirms it and that gets you started in the right direction. Hallelujah. Father, I pray your blessings upon these who were sensitive enough to the message this morning that they came forward and they gave their life, life to Jesus. Now, God, we know that there's going to be times when, when they're going to want to go on in the same old way that they always lived. But by your Holy Spirit, Lord, you begin to lead them and guide them and direct them and, and, and prick their conscience when they're not doing that which they know to be right. Help them to get grounded in the Word of God. Help them to uh, learn the things that they need to learn to be a good Christian. Lord, that they might glorify you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.